The following audio is from First Baptist Church of Conyers. More information about First Baptist Conyers is available at firstconyers.com. Here's what I envision this morning. How many of you have kids that you raised? All right. Didn't you just love watching your kids play sometimes? I'm envisioning this morning the Heavenly Father is just watching us as we worship Him, and He's going to watch us have a good time. Amen? So let's worship Him.
next one uh, you can be seated if you want really you're free to do whatever you want isn't this like a typical church setting when I say stand you stand when I say sit you sit can't we just be free amen the splendor of the
this morning we are worshiping him and he is present there'll be a day when he comes back amen, amen. let's sing that last verse of that old hymn when christ shall come when christ shall take just a minute to make some introductions uh, to you all. So if you'll all turn to the person next to you and tell them their name. No, that's a joke. Uh, some of the faces that are here are kind of familiar to you. We, uh, Dennis Scarlett here, uh, excuse me, Dennis Scarlett, Jim Scarlett, I've known him several years, but Jim Scarlett, we all know Jim, he's in house. Sarah Lunsford singing vocals over here to the right. It was just going to be us guys, and I said, no, we've got to get two pretty faces up here with us, or it's just going to be bad. And so the other pretty face, Cindy Musselwhite, is over here to my right. Um, we put them between us, and it's like two roses between a bunch of thorns, right? <laughs> Jim Winkler here, local in Madison, playing the bass with us. Uh, Dennis Fincher. Uh, <laughs> Boy, can we start this over? <laughs> Dennis Parker here to my right. Uh, Dennis, um, Dennis and Cindy and Ben, all three were with us. We were all together in Israel this past year, and, and they're going to be together with us again in November if you're interested in going to Israel and having a good time uh, worshiping with some bluegrass-style music. Uh, they'll be a long way to lead worship. And then to my right here is a good good friend of mine. Uh, we call him Banjo Ben Clark. And ben, uh, ben has his wife, Hannah, and his two little girls here, so I'm going to embarrass you guys, and you'll never go back to church 
church again because I just called you out in front of everybody. Uh, we just wanted to um, first welcome them, but you know, the guests that we want to introduce you to, they're going to tell, tell you a little bit about themselves uh, as we go on, but the one that we want to introduce you to this morning, if you've never met him, and that's Jesus. Um, he's the most important one, and he is the one that we are worshiping today. If you're a guest here, we would love to invite you back to be a part of us here at First Conyers. Get connected in the pew in front of you. There's a what we call a connect card. You're welcome to fill that out. Uh, we'd like to let you know more about First Conyers and get to know you a little bit. In a little bit, we're gonna we are gonna receive an offering. You're in a Baptist church, okay? And uh, so we will be giving an offering. That's a joke, too. No, it's not. We're going to receive an offering this morning. <laughs> uh, but we'd love to get back in touch with you and just let you know more about a couple of announcements coming up in the new year. This is for our members. Men, our Bible study begins first Tuesday of January, 6 a.m. Uh, in the Children's Center. And so if you've not registered for that, we encourage you to mark that on a Connect card today so that we can prepare uh, to have the right number of biscuits there uh, for you that day. And the next Sunday, following the second service, there is an information meeting about the trip to Israel this year. If you're interested in going on that, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Well, I want to ask the ushers to go ahead and come forward. And, and in a very serious note, uh, if you're a guest this morning, you're not expected to participate in this. We, uh, as members of this congregation, we give our offerings freely to him to support the ministry here at First Conyers and around the world in many places. So I'm going to ask a blessing and uh, prayer for the offering. And then we're going to have uh, Dennis and Cindy and Ben come and just lead in some instrumental on a song that I know you enjoy. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness and grace to us. God, we pray that your name would be magnified today. God, bless those who give. Father, uh, we thank you for that. God, we have a heart and a passion to see people one to Jesus, Lord, to disciple them in Christ and to send them. And so, Lord, we pray that uh, along with the gifts, God, there'll be great accountability in how it's used to fulfill that mission that you've given to us. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
Dennis is going to lead us out on a song. I think he's changing over instruments here. But it's an old song called Farther Along. How many of you remember that old song? You know, one thing about these kind of days, I don't know about you, but songs invoke memory to me. And some of the songs that we hear today, I know some of you are going to go back to your childhood. Uh, some of you maybe too far along, Dale, to go back to your childhood. <laughs> um, but not only is the, the value in the words of the song, but a part of that is community. And we see in the body of Christ, just really, I think, what's intended to be community. And so, Dennis, if you'll lead us out on this uh, farther along.
another old one called I've Got a Mansion. I'm satisfied with just a cottage below with a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the red sun will shine have a little time this morning to hear from uh, my friend Dennis Parker. Uh, Dennis, uh, as you may know, Dennis plays with Kentucky Thunder with Ricky Skaggs. Uh, how many of you know that small-time uh, guy, Ricky Skaggs? Uh, but 
Dennis has a story that I want everybody to hear this morning. Uh, although he, uh, boy, he gets to play with some of the top musicians in the country and, and he's around, the thing that's most important to Dennis is that, boy, Jesus rescued him and saved him. Amen? And so Dennis is going to come and Cindy there, he's going to share some of his story. And I, I just told Dennis, Dennis, just take a block of time and do whatever you want to do. So I have no idea what's about to come. But, uh, Dennis, everybody welcome Dennis Parker. It's, uh, it's good to be here this morning. Um, I met J-Mo and his wife Sandy in, uh, in Israel of all places. You know, they, they don't live too far from, uh, from where Cindy, well, hour 50 minutes or so. She lives in Ella J, Georgia. But uh, we had a wonderful time in Israel. And uh, if you want to get to the next level, <laughs> I... I don't, I don't know if it is, even, even is the next level, but uh, I know God changed my heart uh, in going there and coming back. Um, I come from a little history of, uh, of selfishness. Um, I uh, grew up in a, in a home that uh, they took me to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and, uh, and that was something I really didn't want a part of when I got to the age that I wanted to go out and kind of do my own thing. And uh, I am a great example of what not to do. You want to follow me around and figure out what I do, do the opposite, and you'll probably come out very successful. Um, I'm kind of like uh, George Costanza in Seinfeld, you know, opposite George, you know. I still find myself in my mind thinking that way. If I'm, if I'm usually thinking, it's probably wrong. I need to run it by somebody. And uh, we have a luxury in, in God's Word uh, that that's the truth. It doesn't seem logical to me, but I have found great truth in God's Word. There's not many days that I feel loved, but His Word says that I am. I, there's days that I don't feel forgiven, but His blood makes me forgiven. It's a beautiful thing. But I come from, uh, I'll just shorten it. Um, I spent years in alcoholism. Um, it took me down into a pit where I just uh, never thought that there was any way out of it, which I think a lot of people with alcoholism don't really feel like there's hope. And uh, let me tell you, there is no hope in yourself. Uh, what my decisions got me was... Uh, living behind Costco with a, with a bag and a, and a guitar. Surprising that I even had the guitar still. Uh, but I destroyed my life. And uh, I was in and out of jail for uh, alcohol-related you know, offenses, uh, mainly DUIs. I, sh I didn't even have a license. Imagine that, man, getting a DUI and don't even have a license. Uh, but I... Uh, I have five DUIs on my record. And uh, when you get that much uh, on you, you really honestly think that there's no way out of it. Uh, and many of y'all probably don't know what that's like, but maybe you have, maybe you have some family members. Maybe you got some, some derelicts in your family like I do uh, that just don't seem, you can't seem to quit going to jail because you can't keep doing, you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. 
that's, uh, that's the definition of insanity. And I lived there for many a year. I thought the only way of peace is in a bottle. Uh, and I think we live in a world where we're trying to silence our troubles. We're trying to uh, go to the doctor and get some pills to, to numb this old heartbreak that we have. Uh, and the damage that we're doing, we're trying to uh, just escape. And it took me a long time to figure out, but it's only through Christ that I found it. Life is truly worth living because he lives. This is a song I'm going to, I, I did this, I did a little project called Songs Under the Air Conditioning Unit. And uh, what I did it for is uh, I, I live in this old, uh, it's, a, it's a nasty apartment, it's got two rooms, you know, with an air conditioner that hangs down in the middle of this block building. It's where my, uh, it's where my, my sofa goes, it's right under that air conditioner. And you know, I, I, I used to have stuff. I used to have some money. I used to, I built my own house at one point, had nice stuff. And then I uh, came out of jail, straight out of jail, into this little block building. And it didn't look like much, but God provided that place for me. One thing that I did, that I skipped over, is in my conversion, I found God in jail, <laughs> of all places. You know, you think God's not there. It don't seem like it when you're there. It doesn't seem like it at all, but uh, he's very much alive. But I had, uh, I had one person that put money on my phone, was able to talk to me. And that person was Cindy, a little mandolin player up here. And she told me some golden words over a jailhouse phone. Said, uh, Dennis, you're at the perfect place for you right now. <laughs> Man, that didn't seem right at the time. Uh, but she said, uh, but the most powerful thing, and it still chokes me up, uh, when I think about it, um, she told me, she said, Dennis, God loves you. And what you need to do is get into your Bible. You need to seek after him. And that was about the biggest piece of nonsense of advice that I believe I did heard in my life but it was the truth and uh, so a series of events um, God intervening in my behalf I gave my life to Christ um, I didn't find a whole lot of joy there but when I got out of jail I experienced the joy of my salvation and I really haven't come off of it yet. I'm still, uh, I'm still, uh, still reeling, you know. But anyway, I'm rambling on. But that's kind of the, the, the gist of where I've come from. But I remember this song. I wanted to sing this song for you because this is exactly how I, I felt at a period of time. I was living in a little apartment on Maysville Road, and I was about as feeling sorry for myself as you could possibly ever get. I sat there and just felt like there was no future, there was no hope. I used to play with Ricky Skaggs. I used to play with uh, Liam Womack. I, 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 had, I had some 
talent that God had given me that, I, that took me in some great places, but I ruined every bit of it. Uh, nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. Nobody especially wanted to hire me. And so in that setting, that's where this song is very, very meaningful to me because there's a whole lot of stubborn in Dennis. Still is a whole lot of stubborn in me. There's a whole lot of stubborn in this room. There's a whole lot of pride that won't let go. There's a whole lot of stubborn in this room that shows no sign of giving up control. I've drawn all the curtains Turned out all the lights Scared to death somebody else might see There's a whole lot of stubborn in this room And there's no one here but me There's a whole lot of demons in this room They want it all and they don't want to share There's a whole lot of demons in this room And none of them believe in fighting fair Some sit on my left some sit on my right It talks so loud it's hard to disagree There's a whole lot of demons in this room And there's no one here but me I can't quite remember how to pray What to say anymore But if it turns out That I can't Have my way anymore How will I know Which way to turn When I walk out that door <laughs> There's a molecule of faith In this room Just about the size of a mustard seed It's a molecule of faith in this room And a book that says that's all I'll ever need <laughs> I don't know where it is But I hope to find it soon Cause nothing else will ever set me free much too small to receive If I had the courage to believe I'll find the one who left it here for me
I live there, and I know there's a lot of people that live there, live there stubborn and living, just don't think that God loves you. But you can grab a hold of that. But I also realize that uh, there's not many people that really love you the way you think that they love you. <laughs> when things go ornery, man, folks scatter for the hills. And for me, I was as ornery as they get. And there was only one real person uh, that somehow saw something that I never saw, saw something in me that I never saw, and held on to God's truth. One friend. If you've got one friend like that, or if you'll be that friend, change somebody's life. It changed mine. Changed my life. Because they said and they knew and they believed and they held on to the truth that God loves you. And I want you to know that. It changed my life. I would sit in a, in a car many times. I met, I met Cindy when I was probably the drunkest period of my life. I was, I was a mess. And there was many a time I sat in a car with her going to a gig because she had a little bluegrass band and I was filling in for a guitar player. <laughs> there was many an hour we sat in a car together driving to a gig and I would talk about all the nonsense of what I knew was truth. God was dead. There was no Jesus. Jesus didn't live. You know, the Bible's a big, it's a big fairy tale. There's nothing about it. And she'd always quote the scriptures right back at me or tell me what... I, I understand why you think that way, but this is what I believe. This is what I know is truth. Never, never did she go back on her faith. May I be that way. May I be that way to the people that are ornery to me, you know, the people that are aggravating to me. Because, you know, she was really the, the first Jesus I ever saw. Let me be Jesus to people. Let me start smelling like him. <laughs> I need to smell more like Jesus than what I'm smelling right now. <laughs> smells like burnt neck. But anyway, I want, I want Cindy to sing a song. There was a, uh, there was a, there was a song that she wrote. Uh, it was after an experience. She would, she would write me letters when I was in jail. And uh, I don't know if you know, well, you probably don't. I'm just going to tell you. When you get a letter in jail... They, 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 uh, drugs have become such a big epidemic. Uh, they, they take everything off of that, that they take all the, the, uh, the adhesive and everything off the, the envelopes because people lace everything these days. You can lick it and get high. Um, they take the stamps off of it. But for some reason or another, one stamp got through. <laughs> and it said forever. Now, I, I just felt like she was going to be gone by the time I got out. I didn't think she's going to be around, stick around. And uh, 
one day I read this letter and it said, just look at the stamp. And uh, it took me a while. Sometimes women speak in metaphors and it just gets on your nerves. I mean, I had to really dig for it and search for it and look at it. And I was like, what in the world? It, it's, it's a flag, you know, it's, it's a flag, you know? So it took me a week, but you know, in jail, you got plenty of time to look. And I stared at a stamp for a long, long time. But anyway, this is, uh, she's probably got way more insight on this than I do, but uh, I, I am grateful. You know, you, you stand up and you clap for, for this, but this is no kind of miracle that he can't do in your own life. You know, don't clap for the man, clap for the one that did it. Jesus is the reason behind everything. Yeah, I hope you just listen to the words. This is um, after, I, after I had written this letter to Dennis and I was trying to really, I was really trying to pour Jesus out to him. And, and I was just doing it through words. And, you know, words are just not... We just don't have the right words sometimes. Um, and I'd written and written and written, and it was I'd sealed the letter up, and I'd, when I put that stamp on it, I put my thumb across it, and I saw those seven letters forever. And the Lord just said, "That's all you had to say," because God's love endures forever. He reigns forever. His word is forever. That's all He really had to know. And the Lord was gracious and um, and gave me the song after that. Don't you question me, don't you make believe, and don't you think that I'm gonna run away just because we've hit hard times, I'm gonna stay right here, like I said I hard on you, but we'll see it through. Just like 
raise these dirty hands and scratches are our lassie too but then i listen close and i hear jesus say don't you question me don't you make believe See why I like hanging around these folks. Uh, Y'all be praying for Dennis. He is on the road with Ricky all the time. And when I talk to Dennis on the phone, often I'll tell him, I remind him, Dennis, uh, applause is the greatest addiction known to man. Amen. And so remember Dennis and Cindy as you pray for them. And uh, thank God he is with just a strong believer, uh, Ricky Skaggs. And uh, I think with Ricky, it's not just show. Uh, from what I understand from Dennis, it's a real deal. And uh, uh, Dennis gets to share his testimony on stage with Ricky just about everywhere y'all go, don't yes, you? Sir. Yeah. So pray for him in that, all right? Uh, Cindy's going to lead us out in just a few songs that will be familiar to all of you. And you get your clapping hands on and your boot stomping time. And so let's have a good time as we go out with it. I'll fly away. Ben is my banjo teacher, <laughs> so if I mess this up, it's all his responsibility, okay? Show I fly. 
song was written by one of the best drunks on earth, uh, Hank Williams. Died from alcoholism, but he knew Jesus, you know. You can't write a song like that and not had an experience with him, but uh, you can really know him today, that's for sure. Hey, don't tell anybody we did a Hank Williams song in church. day. <laughs> <laughs>
I want to introduce you again one more time to Ben Clark. Ben, uh, I had the fortunate opportunity to meet Ben, what, eight or nine years ago, some time ago, and we had two things in common. I loved banjo, and uh, we both loved theology. And so uh, we've always said when we get to heaven, there's going to be bluegrass music and reading theology as long as we want to read it. My jokes are just not good, are they? <laughs> I think it's because enough good theology means no banjo. Oh, that's <laughs> Ben, come and share your story a little bit with me. <laughs> good to be with you all here this morning. I, I told I told J-Mo back on the back row, the other back row, um, as, as Dennis was up here, I said, man, this church is alive. And uh, that's just such a, a blessing and... Um, just makes me so joyful to travel to other bodies, uh, to see uh, people that don't look the same, but all love the same Jesus. And I think that's just, this is a, to me, this is a tiny picture of what heaven's going to be like. And it just makes me so excited. So I'm glad to be here. And I also, I also just want to tell you, you already know this, but JMO is exactly the same in this building as outside the building. I've known him in, in all kinds of contexts, um, and he's always solid and always willing to love me and encourage me and tell me truth. And I've, I've called him many times from Nashville um, for, for discipleship sessions and questions about theology, and he's just, the Lord's just used him to, uh, to grow me and to walk me through being called to the ministry there in Nashville. Um, the other thing that I want you to know is that he loves y'all so much. Um, he's told me about you since he came here, uh, before he became pastor. And, um, and he's just, and I see why now. Y'all are, y'all be easy to love. So thank y'all for welcoming us um, here today. As Jamo says, I do know him through the context of, of banjos. I, I, I teach banjo and and a few other things online. And John Mark was one of my first students. I teach to people all over the world. And, and uh, he was living in Florida at the time. We were able to meet face to face. And um, I actually got into that from, from being a, a touring musician um, there in Nashville for several years. I was on the road uh, playing for various folks. And, you know, as a touring musician, um, moving to Nashville, wanting to be a touring musician, which is a pretty... Um, a pretty tough thing to do because there's so many musicians there and there's just not that many spots and everybody that moves there is better than you are and so there's lots of competition um, and so you strive and you strive and you strive to try to get a job and then to get one of those jobs that maybe has higher profile and you get to experience bigger and better things um, and you know I always have my sights set on the ultimate gigs that could possibly be played. I wanted to go around the world. I wanted to play to, to people in Times Square. I wanted to do it, do it all. And I thought then, if I could do those things, then I would find what I'm looking for. You know, I, I would find, I would find my, my worth. I would find my value. I could, I could be validated. I could say, look, you've, you know, you finally made it to this stage. And, you know, we're getting close to New Year's Eve and it, it always reminds me of uh, probably the most memorable New Year's Eve I've ever had in 2009. And the reason why it's so memorable is 
Well, one, it was four degrees um, where I was. Two, I was in Times Square, but I wasn't just in Times Square. I was on a stage in Times Square with a guitar in my hand playing to a million and a half people on Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. I was playing with this girl you've probably never heard of named Taylor Swift. And I was in Taylor's band for, for several years and um, got to see the world, got to play every TV show you could imagine. And, uh, you know, after each new level that we would achieve, and I got to see Taylor achieve, and I got to achieve with, with her, there was always this hunger for more. Well, what's the next one going to be like? Because that one's not good enough. And I'd walked into Times Square and I looked at those people. They said, there's a million and a half people in person here. And you're playing to hundreds of millions of people on TV around the world. And I thought, well, this is as big as it gets. For a touring musician, this is it. Maybe this will be what I'm looking for. We, we played that night and I, I stepped off stage and, and something still wasn't right. I, I went back to my hotel room there in Times Square. I didn't even watch the ball drop. I went back and, and, and I called Hannah, my wife, and I said, this is going to sound crazy. Taylor's the number one selling artist in the world, but I'm quitting. And she said, why? I said, I'll, I'll talk to you more about it when I get home. But ultimately, here's, here's what I had done. I had taken a great gift that was given to me. And no, no doubt, being able to see the world and play in all those different places was a great gift to me, a great privilege. But I had taken that and I had put that in place of something much more valuable. You see, I'd, I'd taken the gift and I put it in place of the giver. I was chasing what could be given to me, what I could experience instead of the one who could experience me. Instead of the one who was the giver of all good and perfect gifts. You know, I've determined there's only two kinds of people in this world. There's only two kinds of people in this room this morning. There, there are those of you who are chasing something. I, I don't know what it is, and, and they're not bad things. Maybe it's that job, maybe it's that relationship, maybe it's that education, maybe it's that certain amount of money in the bank that if we just had that, we'd have all we needed. If I could just achieve that, if I could just get that notoriety, if that person would just notice me, then I would finally have what I need. And then there's another type of person in this room, the type of people that have gotten it and found out that it doesn't satisfy. Found out that at the end of the day, all those things leave you just as empty as when you set out to chase them. You know, what I love about the gospel is it's so much bigger then so what we'd like to shrink it down to sometimes. Sometimes we say, well, if it's, it's just this prayer you want to you say, or it's just this aisle you want to walk, or it's just these waters that you need to be baptized in. But that's, that's not the gospel at all. The gospel actually speaks to our pursuit of things that don't satisfy us. In Romans 1, we read exactly what our condition is. We read my story on New Year's Eve 10 years ago. We read that we take the things that are created and we say, I want that instead of the one who created it. All right? And so we, we take the things that are supposed to just 
Help us roll our joy and our praise up to the one who gave it to us and we let it terminate on those things and say, no, I just want it. I just want it. Just give me it. And because of that, because of that, we've exchanged the most precious gift that we could ever have, a God who created us for measly things that rot and expire. But that's not the end of the story. Matter of fact, that's, that's just the beginning of the story that we have to know in order to know what we need to know. The next step is that we need to know what the real gift is. And the real gift is the one who came in flesh. We celebrated just a few days ago. The one who humbled himself. His name is Jesus. He didn't account his, his, his privileges with God something to be grasped and instead just humbled himself and came to earth and, and took the form of, of a servant. And the Bible says that he lived an obedient life and was made perfect through that obedience and through that suffering. And here's what he did. He, he paid the price for the sin I've committed for exchanging God for measly things. See, I've made this great exchange. I've said, give me the stuff. I don't want you, God. But there was another great exchange that happened 2,000 years ago where my sin was placed on the one who didn't deserve it and his righteousness can be placed on me. That's the only way we can be made right with the holy God is to be justified, to have that righteousness placed upon it, not achieve it, not try really hard to be good so that maybe one day we'll reach a level of holiness that God may accept. No, we can have that righteousness now by faith alone. That's what the Bible says. So I just want to encourage you. There's someone here this morning. There's more than one here this morning that's chasing something that you think is going to give you what you're looking for. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have it. There's some of you here that, that have gotten it only to find the great disappointment that it doesn't do for you what you hoped it would. And it's to you this morning that I want to invite to come to Christ and listen. We might think that we have to clean ourselves up. We might think that we've got to get rid of some bad habits first, then maybe God will receive me. That's not the word says. You know what the word says? He says, to come just as you are. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? He knows who you are. He's not going to be surprised by your wretchedness. He saw your wretchedness when he perished, and he said, I want that person anyway. You can have him this morning. You can have the guilt removed. You can be made right with the Holy God because of what has been achieved for you by his son, Christ Jesus. Today, when we get finished with the service, after we sing here in a moment, there'll be some folks down here. After the service is gone, there's no pressure. And if you want to know more about that great exchange, how you can let go of your pursuits of this world to satisfy you and get the only one who satisfies. And I want you to come down and talk to folks down here at the end of the service. They'll help you know more about the only one that really matters, the one that you've heard about plainly this morning. I pray that you receive him, forsake your sin, and trust in him as Savior alone. Let's sing, Dennis. Just as I am, 
wouldn't be a uh, bluegrass worship without doing one of our favorites entitled with a circle being broken and a real quick story behind this song it's it's really it's really a sad song because the author is writing about his mother who has passed away but in reality even though she's gone those that are left behind there's that sense of community and will the circle be unbroken and I look at that as us, as the body of Christ, in that way that God has intended for us to be the body and have fellowship with one another. Just I know in this last year, we've had, we've had many of that have left the circle. Amen? And we know where they are. Um, and we weep and we mourn for that. But thank God for the family and the body of Christ that is held together in Him. Can you say amen to that? As you stand, we're going to do this last song closing. Has it been a good day this day? Has it been a good worship day? One thing in closing, uh, we would love, First Conyers folks, we would love to bless uh, those who have been our guests this morning um, with a love offering. And so uh, if you have something that you can give today as you leave, there'll be plates at the door. You just place that there. We would love to just shower love. This is the way um, they, they earn a living. And so we want to bless them back as they have blessed us in such a great way. So please feel free to give that. Or if you don't have it today, you can uh, bring it into the church office and we'll take it there and get it to him, okay? I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that first come rolling now, Lord, to carry my mother away. Sing it out.
indeed miss my mother, missed her so. All my brothers, sisters crying, Lord, what a home, so sad and low. Everybody. Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Conyers, located in Conyers, Georgia. For more information about First Baptist Conyers, please visit us online at firstconyers.com.